0: You need to know it's the Wyatt Sharp Show. You're tuned into the Wyatt Sharp Show. Join 12 year old host Wyatt Sharp each week as he interviews a Canadian politician to discuss the economy, climate change, and politics. Here's your host, Wyatt Sharp.
1: Hello, everyone. And welcome to the show. Today, I'm joined by Mike Schweiner, the leader of the Ontario Green Party, as well as the MPP for Guelph. Hello, Mike, and uh, welcome to the podcast.
0: Hey, Wyatt. It's a pleasure to be on. I hope you're having a good day.
1: You as well, okay. So my first question is, uh, why did you want to get involved in politics? Why did you uh, want to run to be MPP? Um, Why did you see yourself in the Green Party? There's multiple components to that question, um, but go ahead.
0: Yeah, well, first of all, I've always been interested in politics ever since I was your, your age. Uh, I've been interested in politics and uh, I grew up on a farm and I joke with people that when my dad would put me on the tractor at seven o'clock in the morning and come back and pick me up at seven o'clock at night and I would drive around in a circle all day and I had to do something to entertain myself. So I would pretend like I was giving political speeches. And so I've just always enjoyed politics Uh, In my early 20s, I became a bit disillusioned with electoral politics because of the role I saw big money playing in politics, and so I decided to start some food businesses and do a number of other things um, that interested me and I thought could bring about political change by being an entrepreneur. Uh, But I discovered the limits of that uh, when I was in my, let's say, mid-30s, and so I was looking. Looking around at the various political parties out there and I was the most interested in the Green Party because three of the issues that concern me the most are addressing the climate and ecological crisis we face, addressing um, social justice issues, uh, particularly income inequality and racial inequality, and improving our democracy and the Green Party was leading on all those issues. So I started volunteering for the Green Party and ultimately uh, decided to uh, run for office, uh, eventually run for leader, and then uh, run to be MPP. And my hope is is I can make a difference for my community here in Guelph and help make Ontario a better place by bringing forward the Green Party's vision, values, and policies.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. And I, I remember it was a uh, it was a historic night when you got elected in 2018 as. Um, a Green Party MPP, because uh, I believe you were the first ever Ontario Green MPP to be elected,
0: correct? That's right. Uh, It was a very historic night. And uh, I think about the, in some ways, it's an honor to be the first Green MPP in Ontario history. And in other respects, there's a lot of pressure on me because I better do a good job or people will give up on the on the Greens.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. Okay, so my, uh, my next question is, what do you, and I, I actually, just before I had you on, I spoke with Stephen Del Duca, and I asked him the exact same question. What do you think, as the leader of one of the uh, opposition parties, is the Ford's government um, biggest mistake or just something, the biggest thing that you would have done differently if you were in the if you were in Doug Ford's shoes?
0: And and would you say that in general or is specifically related to the COVID pandemic? Sorry,
1: yes, specifically related to the COVID pandemic. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's what I thought. So I I would have spent the summer preparing Ontario to prevent the second wave of the virus, and the premier spent most of the summer traveling around the province, doing a victory lap, almost doing campaign style uh, stops in communities across Ontario, and instead of getting ready for preventing the worst of the second wave. So I would have spent the summer getting our testing capacity up and running, our lab capacity up and running, making the investments in our long-term care homes to protect our elders, ensuring that we made the investments needed in our schools to reduce class sizes and keep our our schools safe. Because the bottom line is, is, the best way to minimize the economic damage and the public health damage caused by COVID is to contain the spread of the virus. And by not properly preparing us for the second wave, it's led to additional lockdowns, unfortunately and tragically more deaths in our long-term care homes in particular, and uh, a lot more economic damage than what, was, what, what needed to be if we had properly prepared.
1: What about on, on the vaccine front? Is there anything related to vaccines that you would have done differently?
0: Yeah, I think having a vaccine plan in place sooner so we'd have a smoother rollout would would, would have been the approach I would have taken. And I've been critical of the premier, the fact that they uh, announced the vaccine task force only a couple weeks before vaccines were arriving in Ontario the fact that they delayed the rollout of the vaccines over the Christmas holidays at a critical time when we could have protected uh, more elders, the fact that there were delays in in vaccinating elders, particularly in long-term care, and the fact that the vaccine booking portal was not ready until March 15th. In my writing in Guelph, the um, public health officer here in Wellington, Dufferin, Guelph, started working on her plan way back in October and actually had an online booking portal in place well before March 1st and as a result people in in my riding and in our community are fortunate because we're ahead of the curve uh, because better planning and preparation for vaccine rollout was done here locally and I want that for all of Ontario.
1: Okay yeah so my next question is on the topic of paid sick days so uh, first of all, does the Ontario Green Party support paid sick days? And then also, what would you say to someone who's skeptical of where the money's going to come from or or concerned that we don't have enough money to pay for paid sick day programs?
0: Yeah, well, first of all, the Green Party absolutely supports paid sick days. Uh, most public health experts have made the case, and I think a very compelling and convincing case that. A lot of the outbreaks happening right now are in workplaces. And particularly you think of Amazon warehouses. So you've heard about the one closed in, in Brampton. In my own writing, we have a Cargill meatpacking facility that's had a number of, of um, COVID outbreaks. And so if we can contain the virus in workplaces, that will help us contain the virus in the community and help us keep our economies open and avoid lockdowns. And too many workers are waking up in the morning and having this almost impossible choice. Do I, I don't feel well, but, you know, do I go to work so I can pay the bills, pay the rent, or do I stay home um, and, you know, take care of myself, possibly prevent getting others in my workplace sick, but then I can't pay my own bills. And so far too many workers are faced with that choice. They're going into work and then the virus is spreading and that's hurting all of us. How we would pay for it. So first of all, um, the federal government has a paid sick leave program in place. The premier likes to talk about that a lot. Um, I've been saying all along, let's have an Ontario paid sick leave program because the federal one falls far short of what is needed. And let's work on getting the federal government to help fund part of it using the existing funds they've set aside for their sick leave program. And on top of that, um, if the provincial economy is open and is strong, that will generate more tax revenue to pay for programs like paid sick leave versus allowing the virus to spread, the economy shuts down, revenues coming into government are lost. So those kinds of investments that we can make in public health measures, will actually help us economically and will therefore help the provincial budget.
1: Okay, so now I'll move to talking about climate policy. So um, Pre- President Biden has uh, canceled Keystone XL and is um, potentially on the way to cancel Enbridge Line 5. So um, conservatives are saying that this is gonna hurt the economy. And then um, obviously some environmentalists are saying this is good for the environment. Um, So what would you say to, let's say, uh, a voter on the fence, maybe, um, who's looking at, um, you know, the Green Party platform and the Conservatives platform, let's say, um, but is having trouble on the issue of pipelines?
0: Yeah, I would say that the issue of pipelines is a huge wake up call to all Canadians of where the economy is going. And so as Ontarians, we need to be making the investments and where the puck is going not where it used to be. We have to be investing in emerging markets so we can create new careers and better jobs for people. And Ontario in particular is incredibly well positioned to have a made in Ontario supply chain for electrified transportation. We have the minerals and metals in in Northern Ontario and the skilled workforce and expertise to mine them. We have the auto parts, assembly plants, and again, the skilled labor force and. to assemble them into parts. And we have the manufacturing facilities to make electric cars, electric pickups, electric buses, electric trains. That's where the economy is going. Ontario is incredibly well positioned to be a global leader in the in these emerging markets. And on top of that, I would I would further argue that the same battery technology that goes into transportation will also be technology that's gonna be utilized uh, for grid stability uh, in terms of battery storage to better utilize renewables. Those are all products and expertise that will not only can we manufacture for Ontario, but we can export to the world. And I think that's the best way to create good jobs and long-term prosperity for Ontarians.
1: You mentioned about electric cars and stuff. so. Um, how long would it take to transition to a green economy and how much would it cost? Cause I think that's one of the big things is um, people are concerned about the cost of transitioning to a green economy.
0: Well, the bottom line is, is if we don't make that transition, other economies are going to pass us by and they're going to be generating prosperity. And so one example of that is, is when the automotive um, sector started to build up uh, say a hundred years ago, and we were making the transition for most of the transportation being horse powered transportation. People looked at automobiles and setting up automobile factories and were like, oh my gosh, that's going to be way too expensive. How can we make this transition? But fortunately, Ontario made those investments, made that transition, and we've become an automotive powerhouse which helped power Ontario's prosperity throughout the 20th century. Electric vehicles and electrified transportation is where the world is going. I mean, look at General Motors. They've announced that they're gonna completely phase out gasoline powered vehicles in their product lineup by 2035. I mean, that's only you know 14 years from now. So I want Ontario to lead that transition, lead that revolution because that's where the jobs are. That's where the prosperity is and we can't be left behind. Otherwise, we're gonna be facing plant closures and job losses.
1: Okay, so my next question is, um, as, as we mentioned before, uh, the Green Party won its first seat in 2018. Uh, they won your seat in the riding of Guelph. So how can you expand on that one seat to other ridings in the province of Ontario? And then furthermore, what are some ridings that you're gonna try and target in terms of being able to win uh, in the next election?
0: Yeah, those are good questions Wyatt and I, I'll tell you uh, my primary focus uh, my first few years as an MPP is to serve my constituents in Guelph to be an exemplary MPP at Queen's Park and to make sure I'm a part of delivering solutions to the people of Ontario but now that the election is only a little over a year away I'm starting to think about well what what is the future and where can the Green Party grow uh, and, I, and I think Part of our growth is our approach to politics. Greens here in Ontario and across the country like to do politics differently. I think if you look at the way I conduct myself in the legislature, I don't engage in the hyper-partisan name-calling, I don't disagree just to disagree, like I can be very critical of the the Ford government. at the same time that if they do something that I support, I will support and work with them not just oppose them because it's a different party. Same way with the NDP, if the NDP does something I like, I'll support it and speak out in favor of it. If They do something I disagree with, I'll be honest with people and say, I disagree with this. Same way with the liberals. And I think people are tired of politics where people oppose just to oppose. And so, you know, I stick to my values. I stick to my principles. I stick to what I promised to my constituents. And if the conservatives bring it forward, I'll give you an example. Uh, I campaigned um, in opposition to a government-run cannabis marketplace in Ontario. I campaigned that we should have uh, privatized small businesses. So when the Conservative government brought that bill forward, I voted for it um, because that's something I'd campaigned on. Or I was very upset and very critical of the Ford government cancelling Ontario's climate change plans Canceling rebate programs for electric vehicles, ripping up charging stations that were already in place and go parking lots. But when I had an opportunity to work with a member of the conservative caucus on a bill to help electric vehicle drivers by making it illegal to park in an electric charging spot if you're not charging your vehicle, I was willing to work with the government member and we got that bill passed. And I took some heat from some of the other opposition parties, especially the NDP, like, why would you work with the Ford government? They've done all these things that you're opposed to and you've been critical of. And here you are working with them. And my response to that was, yeah, I'm going to criticize them for the things that they do that I disagree with. But on this one thing here that we agree on, I'm willing to work with them to move things forward, to make life better for people.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. Those are definitely um, some good points. Um, so, Uh, My next question is many people, including small business owners, are calling on the government to lift health measures so they can reopen um, their doors and and start um, growing their their revenue. Uh, So does the Green Party support lifting lockdown measures and how quickly? Because I know that that's um, a big thing that um, the opposition parties are saying is they recognize that the economy has to open, but they think that the Ford government's doing it too quickly. So where's the Green Party at um, on this topic.
0: Well, first of all, I want to go back to a point I made earlier: is that if the premier had done more to prepare the province for the second wave, we could have avoided not all outbreaks and not all of COVID. Like I don't want to overstate that, but we could have we could have reduced the spread of the virus and reduced the economic harm that's been caused by having to combat the virus. So that to me is a really important point uh, that we have to think about right now as we think about how we're gonna move forward with our economy. So my, my view, and this is backed up by the evidence is, is that the economy will not reopen and be successful and generate jobs and prosperity for people until we address the public health crisis. So if you look here in Canada, the Atlantic provinces have done a much better job of containing COVID, their economic performance has been better. If you look at countries like New Zealand, Australia, many Asian countries that did a better job of preventing the spread of the virus, their economy has performed better. So the bottom line is, is until we get the the virus under control by making sure we have solid public health measures in place, we're not going to see an economic recovery. And so that's what we have to get done first. That being said, all the measures we're taking need to provide a level playing field for small businesses. So the fact that big businesses like the large uh, big box stores were able to stay open and sell non-essential goods while small businesses were closed was unfair, wasn't right. Um, The fact that the Ontario Business Support Program only allows a business to apply once for a grant, I think is insufficient. If small businesses, and I was a longtime small business owner, are asked to close to help protect the public. And I know a number of small businesses more than willing to do that. They need to be provided with the financial support so they don't go out of businesses. And then the final thing is, is any measures the government announces, and I've, I've said this directly to the Premier, and I'll say it directly to you, Wyatt, is businesses need to be given more notice. So there have been times where, you know, the premiers announced like Friday at noon that they're gonna close down Friday at midnight. And imagine like a restaurant, for example, I met with restaurant owners who had purchased like 30, $40,000 worth of food for the weekend. And then they had to shut down in less than 12 hours. So any notice needs to give businesses enough time to be able to properly plan. And then the other thing a number of businesses have said to me is they would rather stay locked down, get the virus under control, and then be able to open up, that that would be easier than opening, closing, opening, closing, because there's a lot of costs uh, associated with having to open and close, open and close, open and close.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. Okay, well, that was my uh, final question for you today, Mike. So it's uh, been great talking with you. And again, thank you very much for taking the time today.
0: Hey, Wyatt, my pleasure.